What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Hoopets, where we talk about basketball and wrestling, unscripted and uncensored. My name is Jarrell Thomas. I'm Jonathan Brown. And without further ado, we got to talk about free agency so far and, you know, just these signings and all of these trades, man. Um, the first one I want to talk about is the one of the more recent trades um, that I just don't, I don't, hey, bro, I don't fucking understand. But Utah receives from the Utah Jazz, Malik Beasley, Pat Bev, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Balmero, four first-round picks. And they sent Minnesota, Fruity Yogurt himself, that that French menace, Rudy Gobert. So, so Minnesota, I want to ask you a question. What the hell are y'all going to do about spacing? Because their starting lineup is going to be, at this moment in time, D'Lo, but D'Lo probably about to get shipped off. Anthony Edwards. So who's a small forward? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The point is, the core is, oh, this nigga, oh, he at work, damn. That's what he meant at hell, damn. But D'Lo, Cat, Anthony Edwards, and Rudy Gobert? Really? What, John, what did, you, what did you think about this trade when you first heard it? Man, remember those animal protests? They were protesting the Timberwolves owner for the for the chickens. The chickens. You know what? Now I understand why they're protesting because that is an awful trade, bro. Awful. Oh my god! You 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 trade away one, two, three, four. You trade away five players and four draft picks to receive one person. And you tell me Alex Rodriguez is going to be the co-owner for next season? Oh, hell. Oh, hell no. You know what? I understand the protesters against Glenn Taylor. I understand them now. I understand them. Man. And so... I'm sorry I have to do this, bro. But speaking of stupidity, the first free agency signing that we have to talk about, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Bradley Beal has decided to stay with the Washington Wizards, receiving a a five-year deal worth $251 million. And here's my thoughts. We're never winning. Um, Listen. I am all for getting the bag, bro. 250 man. That's a quarter. That's a quarter of a billion, man. That's 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 crazy money. <laughs> but <laughs> Bradley Bill just might be the dumbest nigga in the league, bro. I I everybody has been saying free Bradley Bill. No, 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 no. Let that man be miserable where he is. He, he getting his bag, though. I can't complain about him getting his bag. But um, I'm sorry, but me personally, I wouldn't disrespect myself like that. Um, the, the Wizards have not done anything since John Wall was healthy. Okay? And I don't want to hear about Russ. I mean, he, he did his thing, but he, he, was, he was only there for a season. 
So I don't, I mean, John, you're probably, you know, somewhat excited. You you get to keep him, but what what are your thoughts on Bradley Bill staying in Washington? I'm glad he's staying. I'm glad. I thought he was gone. I thought he was gone. Shoot. 2020. <laughs> I thought he was gone after 2020, man. I was like, I remember one day I walk into the practice facility and I saw Brad and he looked pissed. And I was like, yeah, he leaving. <laughs> I said, yeah, he leaving, man. He leaving. But you know what? He stayed. He's, he's loyal. He's loyal. I'm happy. I'm, I'm excited. That was not a dumb decision. Get your money, feed your family, take care of your kids, take care of your wife. Yeah, man, do your thing. <laughs> and I would just also like to say that the Pacers got fleeced by Boston. So Boston sent Nick Stauskas, Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, a couple other people with a 2023 first-round pick to Indiana to receive Malcolm Brogdon. First of all, that is a W trade for Boston. That is a W trade. Malcolm Brogdon, like they, they've been, you know, everybody's been complaining in Boston about a point guard. I mean, they're probably going to move Malcolm Brogdon to the two, which I'm not too sure about, but I mean, Malcolm Brogdon is still a great, a good player in the league. I mean, he's proven like he can actually score the ball. So that's a W trade, bro. Like the Pacers, I don't know what they're doing, but, um, there's a way to blow up a team. This ain't it. This this ain't it. This uh-uh. ain't it. Um, and then I'm gonna talk about this trade. I'm gonna talk about that one. Yeah, we and then this is other trade I'm gonna talk about before I ask John about both. Um, I I'm happy. I am happy. The San Antonio Spurs might be also blowing up for God knows why. Pop, it's time to retire. Because Atlanta traded Danilo Gallinari, three first-round picks and a future pick pick swap for DeJounte Murray. And let me just say this now. The Hawks may not be a great team, but trade DeJounte in the backcourt. (laughs) The Hawks have finally upgraded their defense in the backcourt, and I, I, I am happy is going to be a great duo, man. Um, one of the better under probably underrated duos in in the East. They they have offense and defense now in in the backcourt. That is something that has been lacking in Atlanta for a very long time because Trey Young is booty on defense. So this this is a W. This is a huge W. Like three 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 W's W W W. But, John, what do you think about those two trades? So, Celtics won the Malcolm Brogdon trade because they traded their bench players in a draft pick for a very good player who was a part of the 50-40-90 club. They didn't have to sacrifice as much. Now, the Celtics do need to develop a bench because they give away all of their bench players. But, I mean, shoot. I <laughs> so mean, the best that. player they gave up was Nick Stauski, so I, I'm not I'm, – I don't really hear no complaints. Yeah. 
And the second trade you mentioned was the Duante Murray trade. Yeah. I mean, the Spurs gave up Lonnie Walker. Not he's not a part of the trade, but he gave up Lonnie Walker and Duante Murray. So the Spurs are rebuilding. Spurs are rebuilding. That's sad to see. That's sad to see because growing up, the Spurs were always in the playoffs. Exactly. They always were. And now it's like their third year in a row not making the playoffs. That's weird. That's weird, man. This is not the Spurs franchise that I know. But but Atlanta with Trey Young and Devontae Murray, that's, that's going to be real interesting. I think they're going to alternate the one into two positions, which is going to be really nice. One day, it's going to be like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. One day, Trey Young's going to go off for 30, and Devontae Murray's going to have 10 points. One day, Devontae Murray's going to go off for 30, and Trey Young's going to have 10 points. So, <laughs> And, like, I've been seeing a lot of people say, oh, well, why did, what are they going to do with two point guards? I need y'all to understand something. If Trey Young starts playing off ball, that's that's no, that's gonna be cold. Cause Trey is not only a great facilitator, but he can create offense for himself. If DeJounte Murray is facilitating the offense, and all Trey gotta do is get to a spot and get his shots, they're gonna be good. And let alone DeJounte improves every single season. I mean, he was an all-star. So just like I'm telling y'all, bro. Again, I'm not saying Atlanta's gonna be like this dog ass team, but just look, just look out, watch out, watch out. And man, we we have to we have to talk about this. It's as much as I really don't want to, we we have no choice. Um the Miles Bridges situation. So um for those of y'all that don't know. Miles Bridges was arrested Thursday? No, Wednesday. A Wednesday night on domestic abuse charges. And everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Thursday night, Miles Bridges' wife comes out and she's like, okay, I've been protecting him for too long. Can't do this anymore. She's got broken bones. She's like got bruises all over her face and her body. And the thing that bugged me the most, I mean, besides the fact that Miles Bridges did what he did to his wife, there was a video in that last slide that she posted of Miles Bridges' son coming out and saying, yeah, he choked mommy and he was trying to get him to stop. So... Um, I, I just like, it's, this is a fucked up situation, you know? Um, and the thing that's been bugging me about the whole situation is that people aren't mad at Miles Bridges for doing what he did. They're mad that he, he, he did what he did and it happened the day before free agency started. And that's the problem I have with a lot of people. Because putting your hands on a woman in any regard, uh-uh. He's lost a lot of respect. He, I can pretty much guarantee you he done lost his career. 
And for what? For for what? Like what what did he gain from doing that shit? What do you like as a man? Like I'm not even gonna say no, nah, honestly, bro, not even fuck like fuck that. Not, I'm not even gonna say as a man, like as a human being, what the what do you gain from being abusive to people as people? I don't understand that. So I I think Miles Bridges is done. I I not even think he's Miles Bridges' NBA career is over. But um John, what do you think about the whole situation? Um it's just disappointing. It's very disappointing. Uh like when I heard Miles Bridges got arrested, I thought it was like drugs or a gun. But when I saw domestic violence, I was like, ooh, this is bad. This is really bad. And the timing as well is even worse. So I understand your point of view were saying there was like you're frustrated at the people who were mad at him because he got a, he got arrested the day before free agency started. And really he shouldn't have been hitting a woman at all. Period. And this has, and this, and when I thought of uh, when the son was on FaceTime and then like they recorded him on FaceTime, I looked at it as if he has done this way before the arrest. Yeah, yeah. He has done this multiple times before the arrest. This is not just the one time this has happened. And also the injuries, I don't think those are just injuries that just happened because of that arrest. I think these are just injuries that have happened in the past yeah. and it just came up. For example, multiple bruises. That can have been a bruise like a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and it just never fully healed. So I'm I'm very disappointed in Miles Bridges because everyone was rooting for him. Everyone uh, is like, was supporting him. They were expecting a big contract out of him, whether it was either to Charlotte or to Detroit. But this is bad. But do I think this would end his career? No, because you always see professional athletes being up their wives will grow up and then they come back in the league. They may get suspended for a few games, probably half the season or, or a whole season, and then they come back. And then somehow they have a breakout season and everyone forgives them. I mean, look at Deshaun Watson. That's that's true. That man got a fully guaranteed contract in Cleveland. Nah, man. Because the biggest reason that I feel like he's done is because, like, people have been making comparisons, and it's kind of stupid that people have been making comparisons, but, like, that whole Myers Leonard thing, too. Because Myers Leonard ain't been back. So, I mean, I I personally, because I, I was more so disappointed as a Miles Bridges fan, you know. So, especially, I mean, I was a fan basketball-wise and music-wise. So, like, I was just, like, dumbfounded. But um, one thing I do want to say, um, especially, like, to all of the women who listen to the show, um, 
there there's not really too much you know we can really say but just in regards to like if you are in any type of situation you have our support and that that also kind of reminds me because I really was not in the headspace to go and talk about it last week but I'm gonna just briefly just say fuck America um Y'all, y'all know why I'm saying this. Um, Roe v. Wade got overturned. Um, guns have more rights than women at this point, but you know what? I'm, I'm not even going to go there because I'm going to make myself mad. But um, trying to get back on topic a little bit, um, Jalen Brunson signed a four-year, $104 million deal with the Knicks, which I expected to happen. Uh, that man got overpaid, and of course, it was the Knicks who overpaid the man. But John, what did you think about that signing? Um, I knew the Knicks were going to like create some cap space to get Jalen Brunson, and I believe Knicks fans wanted him. So I think they're they're glad they they got him, but. They're also disappointed of how it turned out. The guy really looked nervous and well. And the draft was just weird of how they did it. So, yeah, we got Jalen Brunson, but the way how we got him was just weird and just not fun. You know, I just, I would just like to say, and this, this is my out-of-pocket moment of the show, but I just want to say that the, the way the Pistons just, just fucked the Knicks, bro, like, I I love it. I love it. Like, this is my pause moment. We throat fucked the Knicks. I just said that. I just said that. I'm going to regret that in about 20 seconds, but we throat fucked the Knicks. And you love to see it. Speaking of love to see it, Anthony Simons signs a four-year, $100 million extension with the Blazers. And this is one of the most deserved contract extensions that I've seen in a long time. Because in Damian Lillard's absence, Anthony Simons has been going off. He has been playing exceptional basketball on a trash-ass team. I mean, at this point, you know, without Dame, his second-best player is what, Eric Bledsoe? So... I, I I'm really happy for Anthony Simons. He he deserves that contract. And yeah, but John, what about you? What did you think when you found out about Anthony Simons? I was I was happy for him. Anthony Simons, I think he was like the last player or like the the first player to come out of high school since like they implemented no high schoolers in the draft. And he found a way around that rule. And Anthony Simons, he can hoop when Damian Lillard is not playing or not showing up. He can hoop. And he's getting paid $25 million. $25 million. And he's only 23. He's only a few months older than me. Like, I'm, oh, man, I'm happy for him. That's crazy. I really, I really am happy for him. So get your money, man. Make sure uh, you play well. So the Blazers won't fuck you over and try to like buy out your contract or trade you or do some stupid shit. But 
Do your thing, Anthony. Do your thing. And another player I'm really, really, really happy for is Joker, man. Jokic, five-year, $264 million Supermax. The richest contract, the biggest contract in NBA history. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, what more can you say besides Jokic deserves that contract? If anybody deserves that Supermax like that, it's Jokic. The things he has done for Denver incredible like because i think what Jokic was a what what number what pick was he in his draft let me see like late he second was, round when they were putting the yeah. draft picks on commercial yeah. 41st pick overall in the draft yeah we want commercial two two straight mvps back-to-back mvps and now has the richest contract in NBA history. I mean, you can't say anything other than he deserves that contract. But um, let me see. Other other players that I want to talk about, um, you know, of course, you know, the Pistons are keeping Marvin Bagley. I was happy with that. Zach Levine also got a max deal that he deserved. Um, who else? Bobby Porter staying in a – what's it called? Uh, Milwaukee, but the other team. I want to talk about this Golden State thing, man, because they don't lost a bunch of niggas, and it's it's kind of it's not even really concerning because the players they lost. It's not like some huge, huge, huge names, but they lost. Um, they lost to Toscano Anderson, Otto Porter, Gary Payton. Um, Iggy's probably about to retire. Bishalika, he, I think he's leaving to go to Europe. But I just want to say, all hail Golden State, because you know who also left? Damian Lee, we guess. the 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 city of San Francisco, y'all should be celebrating. Y'all should be throwing a parade. Y'all should y'all should be ecstatic over the moon over joy. But John, what do you think about just Golden State losing all of these pieces? Do you think that is gonna have an effect on them at all? Or do you think they still gonna yeah. yeah, I think it is going to have an effect. I didn't know Damian Lee signed with the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> I, I didn't know that at all. I'm glad um, he's with a team I hate. I am shocked. I am shocked. But um, wow, wow. But yeah, Golden State lost, especially Gary Payton. Yeah, because oh my god, that's that's gonna hurt them the worst. Just man, because not like bro, Steph gonna have to. Oh man. But you know who got Gary Steph? Payton is gonna guard Steph, man. That's oh, yeah, and that's a division that's, rival. That's, oh Jesus! Oh Christ. man, that's gonna be nasty, nasty work. But um, you know who we're gonna have to step up next year? Wiseman, Moses Moody, and Kaminga. That's if James Wiseman still on the team, bro. Honestly. You can't tell me that nigga was not trade. That that nigga was drafted literally for to be a trade piece. You cannot tell me otherwise. 
Moses Mooney, Kaminga, Wisehead. They got to step up. They got to get healthy. They got to. They got to step up. If they don't step up, then the Warriors, they are in trouble. But if they do step up, the Warriors, they're they're going to make another deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, most definitely. I won't, I won't be surprised if they go back to back. Most definitely. But the chances of them going back to back, ooh, is <laughs> going to be really tough. And then the other – hold on. But the last team I want to talk about is the Lakers. Um, They basically have turned – they've went from a retirement home to a daycare. Um, Let me go back today because they got – um, didn't Descano Anderson start with the Lakers? Yeah. So it's him, uh, Lonnie Walker, Lonnie Walker, Troy Brown. Um, I mean, obviously the Lakers weren't gonna do much. They don't have uh, cap space. Oh, you know what? I just forgot. I don't know how we skipped over this, but um, the the last portion of a free agency, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that have not heard. Kevin Durant has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. This is hilarious. This this comes right after Kyrie opts into his player option. That man said, oh, I can never leave my man number seven behind. And KD said, I'm not going to be here. That man that man done pulled a Magic Johnson. Um, he said he wanted to go to Phoenix and Miami, which is the two number one seats in the NBA. But no. Phoenix would have pissed me off, but they Phoenix is smart, and they said they are not doing a Kevin Durant. What Brooklyn said, if they trade KD, Devin Booker has to be a part of it, and Phoenix said no, so that's not going to happen. But, um, John, where do you think KD is going to go? Do you think he's going to stay in Brooklyn, or do you think they're going to find a trade for him? I don't know. I don't care. I don't care where we go. I, I don't know, and I don't care. And to tell you the truth, if he goes to another number one seed, but like I'm, I'm done with him. I just can't. Oh my god, bro! If he goes to another number one seed, his no one will respect him anymore. Yeah, no one just will. Yeah. Um, personally, I feel like he gonna end up staying put. Is, I mean, it's it's Kevin Durant. Like, it's not like you gonna have you can only trade like one guy for KD. Like, no, because most teams are gonna give have to give up half. Will have to give up half their roster for KD, and that's literally impossible. So, um, I think KD is gonna stay in Brooklyn. Kyrie probably gone, but I could care less about Kyrie. I could absolutely care less. But speaking of the Brooklyn Nets, our final NBA topic of the day is the biggest failed teams of all time. And I have to start this off, and I have to say the entirety of the Brooklyn Nets franchise. Not New Jersey. The Brooklyn part from 2012 on is the biggest failure in the history of the NBA. 
Let me explain why, ladies and gentlemen. In 2013, there was a trade. There was a very, very, very bad trade. You want to know what that trade was? Ladies and gentlemen, in 2013, Brooklyn traded Gerald Wallace, Chris Humphreys, Marshawn Brooks, Chris Joseph, Keith Bogans, first round picks in 2014, 2016, and 2018, and a pick swap in 2017 to receive Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, and DJ White. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I need to let you all know something. Though that 2016 and that 2017, those two draft picks, you know who they became? Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. The same Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that at the ages of 24 and 25, respectively, just took the Boston Celtics to the NBA Finals. Brooklyn, to this point, has only made a conference finals. And let's be honest. Like we can be honest now. With what they had last year, if, if KD was wearing the correct shoe size and did it and, and it was a three, they was not, they weren't winning a chip. They would have beat the Hawks in the conference finals, but they weren't gonna beat Phoenix. No, they weren't gonna beat Phoenix. And then Brooklyn last season. They decide, hey, you know what? We're going to trade for James Harden. We're going to trade for James Harden. And they trade for James Harden. And you think, oh, my God, we have a new big three, KD, Kyrie, James Harden. Automatic championship, right? And it should have been, but no, 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 no. Kyrie gets hurt. Then Harden, he gets hurt, but he still plays, and he plays like hot dog water. Then the next season, Kyrie decides he don't want to get the vaccine. Harden just starts playing like trash. Kyrie comes back, and then Harden decides he wants to go, so he goes to Philly. And then in the playoffs, KD not hooping, Kyrie not hooping, and he not eating no food. I genuinely, genuinely am disgusted with Brooklyn as a whole. I, I, oh, Jesus Christ. This, this just might be like the worst ran team of all time. Because how do you fumble? twice you pull the big move three different times and you still fail how how so sean marks you just you you need to step down you you need to step down i, I don't i don't know look i don't know who could take his place but you need to step down because clearly you 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 just you just don't get it you just don't get it you don't understand I, I, but I digress. But John, um, what are what do you think is one of the most failed teams of all time? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, man. Yo, like how? 
Oh my gosh. Brooklyn and this past year's Lakers. And yeah, you got Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and LeBron. They call themselves 360. And they, and also Anthony Davis as well. And they didn't even make the playoffs. They didn't even make that's worse than Kobe, Shaq, Carmelo, that pedophile, and Gary Payton. That's worse. That's You know what? I just I just feel like the Lakers and the Nets just this season alone, like this, this the most disappointing super teams I've ever seen in my entire life. But I have to, and it, it pains me to say this team too, but I have no choice. The 26, 2017, the 2018 OKC Thunder that had Melo, Russ. And Paul George. Now I knew that this wasn't gonna work. I knew it, but I had faith. You know why? Because I was an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. I believed in Russ. I believed in Paul George, and I believed in Melo. But you know what happened? Melo didn't really receive a role from Billy Donovan, and Paul George introduced the entire world to playoff people. Russ was playing the best basketball history. Paul George was an MVP candidate next the season afterwards. But they did absolutely nothing. They lost in the first round to rookie Donovan Mitchell. And they lost to Damian Hayward. You know, you know what? This 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 is why. And I, I don't hate Paul George as much anymore, but you still a bitch. And this this was the season where I lost all respect for Paul George. Playoff P, you were oh my god. I'm I'm gonna get mad. Let me not. Um another team that I want to talk about, and this really as a franchise up until recently. No, 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 no. I'm not even gonna say the whole franchise. I just have to say Lob City was one of the most comp- biggest failures I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, boy. I like Lob City. I did. Chris Paul, pooping. Blake Griffin, pooping. J.J. Redick, pooping. Hell, even DeAndre Jordan was pooping. DeAndre Jordan. I mean, who else did they have? Uh, Lou Will, Eric Gordon. Um, bro, they had so many names on this team. Jamal Crawford. And for this team to have accomplished nothing, like, they never even made the conference finals, ladies and gentlemen. This, Jesus Christ. This team had athletic ability, three-point shooting ability, defense, rebounding. What didn't they have? Yet for some reason, 
Either somebody got hurt or somebody sold. In most cases, it was both. I'm not saying the Clippers should have won a ring because based on that competition, absolutely not. But to have never even made a conference finals with a team like that, like, come on, man. That's why I, I just, you know what? The, the whole city of LA, just, you're done. You're done. You know, I, the Clippers are cool. I mean, they got John Wall now. But actually, let me address that because I know this is a little rant, but I have seen people talk about, oh my God, you know, y'all better stop sleeping on John Wall. John Wall, when healthy, is a top three point guard in the league. I want y'all to understand something. I love John Wall. You know, John Wall, like that's that's my guy. But let me explain something. When y'all show us these John Wall highlights of what we already saw John Wall being able to do, I need y'all to keep in mind that the highlights y'all were showing were against the Charlotte Bobcats. The highlights y'all were showing, there weren't even Nike on the jerseys yet. And again, I love John Wall. John Wall was one of my favorite point guards. But that was that we we have to understand John Wall is not this is not the same anymore. That's what injuries do. Now, I'm hoping John Wall proves me wrong in the Clippers, but we have yet to see. But that's enough of that rant. Uh, John, what other teams come to mind when you think of the biggest failures in NBA history? Biggest failures? Lob City was a good one. Oh, the Kobe, Steve Nash, <laughs> and the White Howard. That oh, was bad. Man. That was oh, bad. Man. The White Howard was coming off the prime of his career. And Steve Nash, you know, it was just Steve, still Steve Nash. And it would paired up with Kobe as well and Paul Gasol. Oh man, this is this is great. This is gonna be amazing. Man, that was one season of failure. Oh man. I'm glad, you know, the White Howard and Kobe made up before Kobe passed away. But that was Horrible. You know. And I, I, okay, but another team that's a little older, but the 2008 to 2009 Phoenix Suns. Now, this was probably, I think, like the first season that I was a true basketball fan. And all I saw is Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, and Shaq. And I, you would think, like, hey, you know, that should be a dog-ass team. I mean, Phoenix traded Sean Marion to get Shaq. And I didn't, I, I, I didn't really, I don't really, you know, in retrospect, I don't like that move. But, hey, at the time, it seemed like the right thing to do. And they did well in the regular season, but the Spurs cooked them and sent them home at five in the first round. Phoenix. I know. No, it was five. They won one game. One game. What year was this? Uh, oh nine. Yeah. So I just feel like I mean Phoenix has had multiple chances 
But I think this, I mean, up until, you know, last season, that was their best shot, man. Because, I mean, Steve Nash in his prime, Amari going off, Shaq. I mean, he was older, but he was still playing well. Man. Um, And the last team that I have, up until 2014, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They had arguably the greatest player in the history of basketball on their team. And not only did they not correctly build the team around this man, but they didn't care. They said, you know what? It doesn't matter who else is on the team because, you know, we got LeBron James. It don't matter. We can have Mo Williams. We can have freaking Wally Serbiak because we got LeBron and LeBron can take us anywhere that did not happen and you know Cleveland finally makes a move and you know what move it was they decided to trade oh no no you didn't trade they didn't trade they didn't trade they went inside 2009 Shaquille O'Neal and thought that was going to be the, the, the end to all of their problems. Oh, you know, we all reached a point where we were all mad at LeBron for going to Miami. But you got to understand, we understand now, okay, Bron, we, we understand. Okay. Now, did you make a super team? Yes. But I support you leaving Cleveland in 2010. You had every right to leave that franchise. You had every single right. Every single right. But, John, uh, any final teams that come to mind in regards to the biggest failures of all time? Biggest failures. Uh, nah, not really. It, it wouldn't be failures. It would just be disappointments. That's all. Gotcha. Gotcha. So with that being said, we move to the WNBA. The first that we have to talk about, they announced the All-Star Reserves. And let's go over this. They have Ariel Atkins, much deserved. Kalia Copper, much deserved. Skylar Diggins, De'Erica Hamby, Natasha Howard, Ryan Howard, Brianna Jones, Jewel Lloyd, Emma Misaman, Arike, Alyssa Thomas, and Salute. So, John, based on that list, do you think there were any snubs or do you think there's anybody who didn't belong in that list? Anybody didn't belong in that list? Beat that list one more time. Ariel Atkins, Kalia Copper, Sky Diggs, De'Erica, Natasha Howard, Ryan, Brianna Jones, Jewel Lloyd, Emma Miesemann, Arike, Alyssa Thomas, and Sloop. Ooh. 
biggest snubs, I would say Kelsey Mitchell off rip. Yeah. Off rip. Yeah, I mean, she's averaging like 19, one of the top scoring players in the league. Yeah. Uh, I think the reason why she's just not in because she's on the Indiana fever. Like, bro, that that franchise mm. should be just move. They should move. See, I want to agree with that take, but at the same time, I mean, I believe Sky definitely deserves to be an all-star, but I mean, Sky is an all-star. So I can't really say like, oh, well, it was because she plays with Fever. Like, I mean, Sabrina, bro, Sabrina is an all-star. I mean, you know, I, I, I can't necessarily like, I mean, Yekka is an all-star as well, you know. So... I want to agree with that tape, but I can't. I I can't really like wholeheartedly agree because a couple of the, one of the starters, like a couple of the starters, are on some of the worst teams in the league as well. So, um, for me, and I I don't I personally have never heard of Emma Miesemann. Um, I mean she she's a starter for Chicago, so. Obviously, she must be some good, but never I heard of Emma. I, I, I had, I had. Oh my gosh! Oh my she, gosh! She's, she's the only D, bro. She got me a ring. Like, oh, that was her. Oh, yes. she got me a ring, bro. Okay, okay. I don't know who I was thinking of. Okay, she. Okay, I, I understand now. Okay. I honestly still feel like a Enrique. Uh, I still feel like Kelsey should have took that spot, but I understand. I understand. Okay. I was getting my players mixed up. The name just didn't, it didn't register. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think, were there any more snubs? Um, I think Elena had a pretty good case as well. Um, speaking of which, shout out to Elena Dugadon. She just got her first signature shoe. I might have to cop, you know. I'm 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 happy for her. But uh definitely Kelsey, Elena. Um let me see. Let me let me think. Let me think. Cause there's somebody I'm thinking of and I can't put my finger on it. Cause I was literally just talking about it. Um, I can't think. Let me think. Wait, let me go back to my votes because I know a few of mine were wrong. Oh, yeah, Sylvia had a case as well, but um, let me think. Okay, wait. Wait, John, what'd you say? Oh, I was saying another player would be uh, Alicia Gray or Elisha Gray. Yeah, or Gray. that's who I was thinking of. Yeah. She was averaging 15 points a game with five rebounds and is averaging 43% for, from three. Yeah. So, oh, man, that's a, that's a mess right there. Yeah. But overall... I feel like the only real issue with this year's 
all-star is really like there are some players who should have been starters out of reserves. Like I that's how I feel. But outside of that, I think they got it right. I think they got everything right this year. So because I Jewel Boy should have been starting, but that's just me. Arike also could have been starting. But I I understand that. But now our our more serious and also hilarious final topic for the WNBA. The Phoenix Mercury. Um we we've talked about Phoenix a lot, but we haven't really gone in depth. And it's like things just get worse week after week after week. For example, ladies and gentlemen, Tina Charles has left the Phoenix Mercury in what Phoenix is called a contract divorce, whatever that means. And she has gone to Seattle. Um, the game, the next game, because I believe they played they played Dal- either Dallas or Indiana, and Phoenix won the game. And Sophie Cunningham, after the game, she's like, oh, fuck Tina Charles. I'm just like, oh, let's not do that, because she was carrying when she was playing outside of Skyrim. Um, what else has happened? Um, wait, John, did you see the video of what uh, Phoenix coach said? She was saying uh, there's no all-star game with yeah. Diana Taurasi. Yeah, and I'm just like, wow. But did you see what Sky said, though? Oh, my God. So, for those of y'all that didn't see the video, after, it was it was a post-game interview with uh, the Mercury's coach. And she was talking about, you know, Brittany not being, you know, you know, still being Russian. And then she had the nerve to say – there's not, it's going to be a game in Chicago, but it's not going to be an all-star game because Diana was not selected. Keep in mind, Skylar Diggins was an all-star, is an all-star. So she basically just said, oh, yeah, fuck Sky. Um, no one cares about her. But Skylar Diggins quotes the tweet and uses a clown emoji and just leaves it there. I don't know what happened to this team. I mean, last, I mean, just looking last season, they were so, they were the team to beat last season. And they got beat. I will say they got beat. But they were the team to beat last season. So I don't know what happened. I know Brittany not being there is part of it. But, John, what do you think is going on in Phoenix? that's having them with all these issues all of a sudden? Uh, it's just so much going on with Phoenix. I don't know why they're having all these. I think um, Sandy was gone after the finals. So that just messes up the momentum team. And Brittany's in jail in Russia, falsely detained. Now, oh my God, bro. Phoenix is a mess. And then you got Skylar Diggins tweeting a clown emoji. 
I just want to say I love that, by the way. Go, go, Skyler. Talk your shit. Please. But Phoenix just, oh my God. Like, I'm I'm just like. It's like every time there's an incident, you think it can't get no worse, but then it gets worse. I mean, Skyler and Diana almost fought during a timeout. Brittany Griner in jail. Oh, they, their coach. God. They because they, oh my God, like it, it's a problem every week. And the worst part about it. Sandy, well, I feel bad for Sandy Grandello, because she deserves better. Because you say you 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 see her leaves to go to New York, and you're like, okay, New York might be legit, and New York is not legit, but they are shit. But so is Phoenix. So, can you point the finger at Sandy? Not necessarily. But who do you point the blame at? Because some, something is wrong with that. Also, I have to say this now. Um, a couple weeks ago on the show, I had a ridiculous statement in regards to Sophie Cunningham. I would like to retract that statement. No. Um, because I was not in the correct headspace when I said this. Not only you gotta let me backtrack on this. Not only did I get clicked on I, during the podcast, I even apologized for my my my, my words. Because Sophie, not only is Sophie Cunningham not cute, I also found out that her nickname is Sophie Magaham. So um I would like to give a wholeheartedly sincere apology to all of the listeners who matter to this podcast i let you all down i i i, I apologize i i didn't know that she was maga i knew i knew she wasn't cute but i didn't know she was maga i apologize y'all my bad we have moved from it anyway Mercury suck. They they stink in every single aspect. So with that, John, I want to ask you, even though we can't pinpoint where the problem is, do you have anything in mind of what Phoenix could do at this point? Because they, they're not going to be good at all for the rest of the season. But do you see them any way they can try to make any type of improvement with what they have leading up to August? Uh, no, I, no, no. But um, Darius Garland just agreed on a five-year, one hundred ninety-three maximum designated rookie contract extension that could be okay, okay, as much as two hundred thirty-one million. Okay, yeah, much deserved, much deserved, much deserved. Man, and guess who's guess who? Uh, guess who? Who is uh Darius Garland's agent? Don't tell no, nah, of course it is. Of course it's Rich Paul. <laughs> of course it, it, it's bro. Of course it's Rich Paul, man. 
Man. Woo. Hey, man. But shout out Darius Garland, bro. Shout out Darius Garland. But um, now we can finally stop talking about problems within basketball. And now we can talk about problems within wrestling. We're going to be talking about why match ratings don't matter, ladies and gentlemen, because let me let me just IWC. Listen, listen, listen. Good. Okay, You all are idiots. You all are some of the dumbest people I have ever met in my entire life. Some of you don't deserve human rights because y'all y'all base good wrestling on what an old out of touch white man believes and not Vince McMahon I'm talking about Dave Meltzer y'all want to know why match ratings don't matter because when Will Ospreay shows up in AEW my Twitter feed's going crazy talking about oh Will Ospreay's better than Seth Rollins whoa calm down calm down calm down and when we ask how do you think Will Ospreay is better than Seth Rollins? You know what you idiots had the nerve to say? Well, Will Ospreay has 19 five-star matches and Seth Rollins only has one. Shut the hell up. Shut up. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. first of all, we all know Dave Meltzer has his own wrestling fetish that is called not WWE style. So obviously, he's not going to give up too many five-star matches. So, (sighs) Jesus Christ. You people are slow. You people are very slow. But, uh, John, I want to ask you as well, what, what, what do you think the obsession with match ratings is? I think match ratings is stupid. The obsession is just from losers who don't go outside and touch grass. That's that's where the obsession is coming from. People who don't take a shower and just watch wrestling all day, every day. Like, take a break from wrestling. Go outside. <laughs> like, go for a walk, bro. Like, match ratings are not that important. Knowing, do you think the wrestlers in the back, in the backstage and gorilla, do you do you think they care about? Match rating, match ratings, five star ratings from from a, a white guy that have never wrestled before. No, <laughs> bro. you know they mess, bro. And the thing here, here's when I knew not to take what he said seriously. Now let me go back to it. this. Was hold on, because I'm trying to pull this up now. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It is coming up somewhere soon. Okay. June 9th, 2018. New Japan Dominion 6.9. Kazushika Okada versus Kenny Omega. Received seven stars. Seven. Now, y'all done already heard me say I don't watch New Japan. So I don't know if it was a good match. It probably was. But seven, there's a level of dick sucking that, that's, dick sucking is already unacceptable, but then there's levels to it. Dave Meltzer has crossed every line with Kenny Omega. I, I mean, come on, bro. 
like wrestlers with the most with the highest with the most five star matches. Kenny Omega had 19 five star matches. Will Ospreay has 19 five star matches. Which why? Why? What what is the criteria for a five star match? Can, can any wrestling fan tell me what is the criteria for a five star match? What what is it? What is it? What what is it? I want to know, John. Do you know the the criteria for a five star match? I don't know. It's dumb. Either have a a match that lasts more than fifteen minutes. That's that's the criteria. Oh man, man, I could do that, <laughs> bro. Man. Like, Kenny Omega has 10 matches higher than five stars, as well as Okada. There has never been a WWE, I don't think there's ever been a WWE match that's been more than five stars. Wait, have they? Oh, well, they have four. They have four higher than five star matches. But even still, the fact that, okay, let's look at the promotions with the most five-star matches. New Japan, 76. 76. WWE, 15. AEW, 15. You mean to tell me in three years, AEW has had the same amount of five-star matches as a company that is nearing... Like, wait, how many years has WWE been in business? WWE since the 1950s, 40s? Since Jim Crow? 1980. Oh, no, 69 years. No, it was 1953. So you mean to tell me in... So, wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me that AEW has had as many five-star matches in three years that WWE has had in 69 69 years? Is is that what you're telling me? Jim Crow! Jim Crow since Jim Crow <laughs> when they had the colored sign above the water fountain, colors only, whites only. Yo, and you know the worst part, bro. AEW has had more higher than five star matches than WWE. How how do we how does that make sense? You know, WWE, they the most recent five-star main roster match was Cody versus Seth the Hell in a Cell. Much deserved. However, however, it had been 11 years since the main roster had a five-star match. And you're telling me that sounds right? And you know what's really crazy? Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels did not receive five stars. Oh, but let's, you know what? But let's 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 break this down. Let's go. Let's let's just go to some of the more notable matches that have received five stars since 2010. Let's let's go to 2010. CM Punk versus John Cena was the first five-star match of the 2010s. Much deserved. Again, the New Japan stuff, I, I don't know. Um, PWG, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. First, Matt at Seidel 
Ricochet and Will Ospreay. Do you know what that sounds like to me? Just off rip. Flippity dippity doo dah. Flippity dippity doo dah. Canadian Destroyer and Super Kicks. And that received five stars. Oh my God. Kenny versus Okada in 2017. Six stars. Okada versus Kenny Omega in June of 2017. 6.25 stars. Okada versus Kenny in August of 2017. Six stars. In 20, September 2017 in PWG, Dizakobe versus Keith Lee received five stars. Yet they didn't receive it in NXT. Please make that make sense. Um, Walter versus Zack Sabre Jr., five stars. Understandable. January 4th, 2018. Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. No, I'm sorry. Bitch Jericho. Received five stars at Wrestle Kingdom 12. Now, I hadn't I I watched that match. Was it cool? Yeah. Five stars? No. Let's go to the first, the, the first NXT five-star match. Andrade versus Johnny Gargano. Deserved. But let's are y'all sensing a pattern here? And it still gets worse. In New Japan, Kenny. Inabushi versus the Young Bucks. Will Ospreay versus Marty Skrull. Now we get to WWE, and there's two straight on the same card for once. That ladder match for the North American title and Johnny versus Champa. Deserved. June 2018, Okada versus Kenny, where they get the seven stars. Make that make sense. Um... But now let's let's see AEW. Let's see AEW. Cody versus Dustin. Deserved. Must deserved. Everybody can agree. The Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Now, John, can you tell me why that was five stars? Oh my God. Uh, Please tell me why that was five stars. Here's why. The elite or the so-called AEW founders, the father. Right. Now, I'm gonna be a little bit of a hypocrite when I say this. But Kenny and Hangman versus the Young Bucks and Revolution, I actually agree was five stars. I agree. But then you have the best friends versus Santana and Ortiz in like a parking lot brawl or something. No. Minoru Suzuki got a five star match in 2020. I understand he's murdered grandpa, but the key word there was grandpa. Minoru Suzuki is how old? 54. So this man had a five-star match at the age of 52. The Young Bucks versus FTR was a five-star match. I don't like that. Kitty versus Ray Phoenix got five stars. That, that right there that's when the five-star match rating should have went off the rails. It should have went off the rails at seven stars with that match. No. Why did it get five stars? Hmm. John, I think you know the answer to this. Flippity dippity doo 
and I don't understand. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So, John, with all of these, what, what are your thoughts just on how the five-star match has been given? Bro, it's literally giving wrestlers, like, hey, it's literally telling them, hey, you don't need to learn the technical skills of wrestling. All you got to do is super kick and a Canadian destroyer and fly all over the place. Bro, that shit doesn't work. You're tired. I'm tired of super kicks. Super kick! Super kick! Super kick! Bro, can y'all do a headlock? Can someone do a submission without a weapon? <laughs> Man. Oh, my gosh. Man, but you know what's crazy? You you remember that anarchy in the arena thing from Double or Nothing? That got five stars. That was probably the worst match on the card. Not even probably. That was the worst match on the card, and it got five stars. But out of all the matches that got five stars this year, only t- I only agree with two. Oh, God, this man turned his camera off. Oh, Jesus. Five stars? <laughs> that match got five stars. Yes, it got five stars, bro. No, no that is not wrestling. That was not That true. match was not wrestling at all. That match was just, fuck it. We just going to go all over the place because we, we, we just don't want to wrestle. We're just going to go all over the place, go all over the crowd and entertain the fans. And that got five stars. Bro, oh and my god, which, bro. but the thing that makes it worse is how did that get five stars and none of the stadium stampedes did? That's insane, that is insanity. But out of the two that have gotten five stars, I only agree with two it was the Briscoes versus FTR at Supercard of Honor and Cody versus Seth Rollins. And I wait a minute, let me look this up. Because I feel like the let okay, so one match should have deserved five stars. And it's probably not gonna get it. And it was blood and guts this year. And that takes us into our final wrestling topic of the day. AW Blood Blooded Guts this year. Now, this was my first AEW event that I went to. It was the first one they ever held in Detroit. I did not know what to expect going in. I didn't. But um oh my god. Um that was very that was I was really impressed. I was really impressed. I was very impressed with what I saw. Let me go to the card just so I can refresh myself. Okay. First Orange Cassidy versus Ethan Page. Um y'all know how I feel about Orange Cassidy, but I'm not going to lie. The man earned my respect. He earned my respect. It was a good match. It was it was fun, you know. Um, he was teasing a body slam throughout the whole match, but Ethan Page was huge, so he couldn't do it. So then, I guess Dan Lambert gets on the ring, and he has a cup of orange juice. So Orange Cassidy takes the orange juice, spits it at Dan Lambert, and then he does the body slam. And I'm like, okay, cool. That was dope. The next match... Um, my boy Christian Cage came out, and I'm like, yeah, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. And he says, oh, well, I 
I requested a match, but not for me. And you hear some like dangerous music, and you're like, what the fuck is this? And it's Luchasaurus. Yes, I just said his name correctly, y'all. Luchasaurus. I didn't call this man Lucha Dragon. Luchasaurus is a heel. They turned this dinosaur heel. And I think it's gonna work. I actually think it's gonna work. He killed Serpentico. Just absolute murder him. He went all black and he doesn't look like a cartoon anymore. And John, what did what do you think of them turning Luchasaurus heel? I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. Um, so now they can do something with Jungle Boy. Because some people have been saying Ricky Starks is better than Jungle Boy, and Jungle Boy is one of the pillars of AEW. So if you're going to maintain him as a pillar, he has to be in a real intensive rivalry. And I think this that rivalry to make to like make it known, hey, this is one of our pillars. This is one of our guys, one of our AEW originals. He's going to take us to the top. So this rivalry has to be good. So I, I'm very intrigued with the heel turn for Luchasaurus and Christian Cage as well, just being yeah. so disrespectful, talking about, oh my God, dad is dead. And I'm still sorry that everyone in your family's not dead except your mother or something like that. No, that shit killed me. Okay, so for those of y'all that don't know, Jungle Boy is Luke Perry's son. Luke Perry, most of y'all would know him from uh, Riverdale. He played Archie's dad. And he passed away a few years ago. Christian came out when he turned heel. He was just like, you know, I was Jungle Boy's father figure, but I never wanted to be his father figure because you had a father, Jungle Boy, but he's dead. and He would be disappointed in you. And I'm just like, damn. And then he comes out. At, first of all, he said that he hates coming to Detroit because he's Canadian. And I was just like, okay, motherfucker, okay. But then he said, AEW told him to apologize for his insensitive remarks, and he said he apologized for talking about his dead father because he honestly wishes that his whole family was dead except for his mother and winked in the camera. And I'm just like, you are a demon. You are a demon from hell. But, man, I, I love Christian. The next match, um, Max Caster and the Gun Club come out. And Max Caster's mic was messed up. So we ain't really hear too much of the rap, but I wouldn't really complain about that. Dan Housen comes out. And I just want to let y'all know, Dan Housen is from Detroit. Dan Housen gets probably the loudest reaction of the entire night. Like, I couldn't hear to the left or to the right of me. That's how loud it was. And he has to come with some mystery partners, and he chooses FTR. Actually, FTR might have got the got the biggest pop. It was one of those two. It was either Dan Housen or FTR, and Dan Housen or FTR won. Not not really too much to say, but it was fun. But uh, wait, John, did you did you watch that match at all? No, I didn't see the episode. Oh, oh boy, I didn't. But I. Sorry. <laughs> And then, because I'm, I'm going to talk about, like, my full experience with AEW after the fact, but I want to get through the rest of this card. Next up, 
was my favorite match of the entire night. And it was not blood and guts, ladies and gentlemen. It was Layla Gray, who I hadn't heard. Well, I had heard of her a little bit, but she's black. She, she cool. Against my baby, my wife, my queen, the TBS champion, Ms. J. Cargill. Yes. Now, this match was only one minute and 55 seconds. Ooh. But it was one minute and 55 seconds of absolute glory. Two mm. black women. Oh, God. Yes. Now, I would also like to point out, I was wearing my Jade Cargill shirt to the show. When Jade's music hit, I may have gotten a little too excited. I was, I was a little down bad. I was down terrible. Not going to lie. Yeah. I screamed. I screamed. I did. But you know what? I just got to say it. Even in section 117, 127, seat 17, Jade Cargill was still bad in person. I have to say it. I have to. She's still bad in person, even from row 27. Just beautiful, man. Gracing my city. Love her. And then Layla Gray, apparently, she might be a baddie. And if that's the case, I'm all for it. Because Layla Gray is bad. She on my list too now. If wait, matter of fact, I'm gonna put I'm gonna send her IG in the group in, in, in the podcast group chat. This is a bad woman, man. But she's married to a white man, which we have I have a I have problem with, but it's okay because I will just swoop in and take her right off her feet and no problems. But then we have to talk about blood and guts. This was brutal. This was bloody. This was violent. And I loved it. I, I fucking loved it. My me, me and my sister both loved it, man. They first of all, I would just like to say John Moxley is a sick individual. Cause the second he get in, you know what John Moxley did? He stabbed motherfuckers with forks. Yes. Yeah, he, he, he stabbed somebody with a fork. He also put like some skewers in somebody's head and just like and I'm just like, ah, you know, um, it was very violent. Um, Eddie Kingston came in, man. He's smacking everybody with candlesticks. Um, Chris Jericho is probably not even probably. Chris Jericho actually got booed pretty, pretty a lot, which I didn't expect because of. I'm going to talk about that afterwards, but Blood and Guts was absolutely stellar, man. I honestly, the match honestly was about an hour long, and I didn't get bored once. Um, towards the end of the match, uh, well, Santana gets injured, and we're like, oh, no. And then Chris Jericho goes up to the top, and we like, everybody knows what's about to happen. And Eddie Kingston goes up after Chris Jericho, and we like, Oh shit. But then Sammy Guevara comes up. And we like, for those of y'all that don't know, Sammy Guevara just likes death. He just likes killing himself, apparently. So Eddie Kingston takes Sammy Guevara and literally flings his ass off the top of the cage through a table. It had to be at least like 
20, 25 feet, 25 foot far. And people were complaining, talking about, oh, well, of course, like, you know, the table had to be right there. That man fell 25 feet. I'm not doing that, okay? I love roller coasters, but if it's not a roller coaster, I'm not doing it. So shout out to Sammy DeWire. My boy Claudio gets up there. Yes, it's Arrows in AEW. My boy Claudio gets up there. He does the giant swing on the top, man. They win. Everybody's giving it a standing ovation. It was dope. But now I got to talk about my experience with AEW. <clears throat> was it an amazing show? Absolutely. Did I enjoy it? Absolutely. But I was uncomfortable. John, why do you think I was uncomfortable? It's just a bunch of fans who don't shower. Oh, oh, that's 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 part of it. But it's something in particular. It's multiple things in particular about these fans. What's I happens. Oh my God! No, they were paler than that. But listen, I have never been around that many white people in my entire life, and I would just like to say. I might go to another AEW show. I don't know. But just off of that, I might say never again. Okay. This dude next to me had on a Blue Lives Matter t-shirt. I was ready to scream. I'm like, why is dudes hitting me like, you know, like when you got like the, the really, really fat bald, like the ones that like, you know, when like people see people say like the pictures of what a wrestling fan look like, and it's a real overweight dude, like his his shirt is like half up and he's balding, but he has like long hair. Those are real people. There, the, there was a whole friend group of them right in the seats in front of me, bro. Whole friend group, whole friend group. It was so bad. Like I have never seen so many white people in Little Seas Arena, y'all. It got so bad. Every time me and my sister were walking, we see niggas. I'm giving them the nod. That's how bad it was. That's how bad it was. I'm like, yo, I see you. I see you. It was it was very white, man. These are some strange individuals. Like, so you know, like when the acclaim does like they they like little scissor me thing. So, okay, okay. John is gonna be the only one to see this because I'm I'm no. These white folks in front of me. Every time they did it, because they the acclaim came out twice, once for Dynamite, one for Rampage. John, this is between me and you, brother. You're gonna be the only one that sees this. You we are not gonna talk about this after this afterwards. These white folks went to each other and they said, Sis me, and I'm just like, I'm looking at my sister, my sister looking at me. I'm looking at my sister, my sister looking at me, and we just like uh um I, I don't have words to describe John John is not gonna be able to describe oh my god that, that that oh Jesus Christ and then when Judas hit oh my god that was that was so white because we wasn't me and my sister was in line getting food and I started singing Judas because Judas was on and she was just like my nigga, you look white as hell right now. And I'm like, bro, I'm just saying this. And I'm thinking, I'm like, it's about to be white as fuck. When Judas hits, 
first of all, Chris Jericho got a goddamn stone and innovation for that song. I only stood up so I could see his ass. But everybody starts standing up like it's the national anthem. I'm just like, so that's what y'all were doing on January 6th. Okay. Okay. Y'all was right with him. I understand. For the inside. Bro, but the moment of the night had to be when Claudio and Jake Hager start looking at each other. They in the two separate rings and they they make eye contact. And it took a minute to register, but it was like, oh shit. They start we they start being something we the people. Man. But yeah, um AEW was very uh it was a very um there was a lot of caucasity going on that I wasn't really too uh comfortable with in my uh my nigga skin. Um I um I can't say I was disappointed because I expected it, but I have never been around that many white people before. Never again. So look, AEW, shout out to y'all, man. But I think we y'all, y'all really need to work on the fan diversity. Okay. Not not the company diversity. Y'all, y'all doing a little better, but y'all need to work on fan diversity. Okay. Y'all need to like. I don't know. Segregate the seats, okay? If y'all, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. If AEW decided, if AEW decided to have a colors only section in every arena, I would be perfectly fine with that. I will be a okay. Put me in the colors only section in AEW, please. You no know way. You please. said bring back. You said bring back Jim Crow. Please, please. Jim Crow these shows, please. Separate but equal. Because right. when Rampage came on, when they started recording Rampage, they did a royal Rampage, which is literally exactly what it sounds like. And I'm like, you know what? Ricky Starks should win. Because y'all know Ricky Starks is my favorite wrestler. Ricky comes out. I'm hyped. I'm like, let's go, Ricky. <laughs> and then AEW decides about 20 minutes into the Battle Royal, you know what? We should throw all the black wrestlers out in succession. <laughs> and I'm just like, why? Why did we do this? Why? The only saving grace of that match was Brody King choked out Darby Allen. Brody King did what we should do to Miles Bridges. He choked oh. out. Because y'all know Darby Allen is, unfortunately, he, he is an abuser as well. And that's why I hate Darby Allen. He chokes him out. He literally like he like Darby like Brody's outside the ring on the apron, and Darby's hanging on the ropes. He grabs and puts him in a sleeper. Literally flings his body over the ropes. Is dangling this man, choking him out. Darby goes to sleep and he drops him. That's the end of the match. I gave standing ovation. I said, because Darby Allen wins, I left. I mean, I left early anyway because I didn't care about the rest of the show, but. Was fun, but look, AW colors only section. Hear me out, just hear me out. Colors only section, it, it, it just might work. Tell me, yeah. no way you brought up Plessy <laughs> versus Hudson. This man said, Yep, we need to implement Plessy versus Ferguson. Yes, bro, I'm we sorry, bring bro. that back. I mean, this at this point, at this point, the way America is just. 
taking away human rights, they might as well. They might as well at this point. Okay. Come like, Jesus oh, Christ. You know what? Because no, because I'm going to go on a whole little American rant. I don't need to do that. But with that being said, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Food Facts. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, a quick little announcement. I didn't even realize this until today, but we are three episodes away from episode 50. Did not know. I did not know that. I did not know that. So um, we're going to have to come up with something. Um, But yeah, stay tuned and we will see y'all next week.